So if you will bow your heads with me, dear God, we come to you now at the appointed time, and we just ask that you just speak directly to us on this Easter morning, dear Lord. Let us hear the message that you have prepared for us. Let us worship you as the true risen Savior, and dear God, we lift it all up in Christ's name, amen. So I'm going to talk this morning, obviously, about the Resurrection Sunday. So this is in Luke 24, and um, it says, But on the first day of the week, at dawn, after the Sabbath had ended, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. And that was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes, the linen cloths that by themselves, and he went home and marveling at what had happened. So that's the Easter morning as Luke um, presents it, and um, this morning I want to talk about how the resurrection is the single most important, impactful, historic, whatever adjective you want to add to it, event in the history of mankind and ever will be. Nothing was ever the same after the resurrection. And I want to bring up a few topics and just, let's just look at how the resurrection changed that and what that means to you and me this morning. Okay? So we know that the resurrection de redefines everything. Nothing can ever be the same again. And we've talked about this before. It's it's like the line drawn in the sand, you know, you're getting ready to do something, and it's like, once I step across this, it can never go back. And that is what Resurrection Morning is all about, is nothing can ever go back to the way it was before. Life, new life, creation, the very beginning of the Bible, creation has been redefined. In John 1, we see there that the creation story is redefined, and it's redefined through the lens of Jesus Christ, a risen Savior. It says that in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, in the Word, you substitute that Jesus was with God, in the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing that was made was made, and in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So, Jesus he is resurrected on the first day of the week to signify that God created on the first day of the week. He began creation on the first day of the week, and he is redefining creation. Everything that was created now has to be recreated through Jesus Christ. 
because he changes all things. All of us, as we sit here living, we have to be reborn. Like Nicodemus asked, what, do I enter my mother again? No, you are reborn through Jesus Christ and through his death and resurrection at Calvary. And creation is no longer the same. It is all changed. It all happens now through Jesus Christ. And let me just say this, that nothing is created that is worth created that is not created through Jesus Christ, and that is your life. There is no life on this earth that is living, that is created, unless it has been created through Jesus Christ. And that is our imperative mission here, is that we are to go out and proclaim that and preach that life doesn't start unless it has been created through Jesus Christ. It's dead. So creation is no longer the same thing. Creation has been redefined, but has been redefined through Jesus Christ. All things are now created through Jesus Christ. That means all of our blessings, all of our prayers, everything that we do, flows through Jesus Christ. He is the center of our lives. That's why we are called Christians. And if we live a life that doesn't reflect that, then we need to have, take audit and have a talk and then readjust things so that make sure that all things that come through us flow through Jesus Christ. Time. Time has changed. How many times do you wish you could go back and, and make it not happen or, or you know, redo something? Jesus Christ makes that available. All the things that happened in the past that were wrong, he can take that away from us, the guilt away from us. He can step back in time and erase the mistakes. Isn't that wonderful? Think about the mistakes that we've made. I think about the horrible things that I have done to people, to myself, to my family, and, I, and I'm ashamed, and I just want to, like my Aunt Bernice said, she used to say, I just wanted the whole earth to just swallow me up. When she'd get embarrassed, she'd say that. I, I, I think about those things, and I think, I just wish I could go back. I can. I can go back because Jesus Christ can go back and erase those things and forgive me. And then he can go in the future, and he could already provide me forgiveness. He makes time a whole different element. We're no longer bound by the guilt of our past. You hear me? You hear what I'm saying on that? Because I want you to know that sometimes the last person that we ever forgive is ourselves. And there's a lot of us living with some guilt. A lot of us living in, in past sins. Sorry, I got a little dry mouth this morning. But sometimes we're the last people that we ever forgive. And sometimes we hang on to that and it almost becomes like a, like a crutch like almost like a security blanket. That doesn't sound right, but sometimes our guilt, sometimes our past becomes, because then we don't have to step out. Then we don't have to step out and do new things. Then we don't have to step out and be the, the person that Jesus Christ is, is changing us into. We don't have to be that person because we always float back into that guilt, into that shame, and say, well, I did that a long time ago. I can't, I can't step up in front of people. I can't witness anybody. I can't be a good friend because I broke confidence years ago and, you know, and, and all Jesus Christ changes that. He wipes that away. He wipes our sin away. We are a new creature. And we are no longer bound by the time of guilt and all that. The past, it's all wiped free from us through Jesus Christ. And that all happens because he makes us alive. When we were dead back in our trespasses, he makes us new. He makes us alive. 
okay? And he sits now at the throne, right at this second Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father at this very second right now. And I think sometimes we miss that opportunity. And then he redefined kingdom. If you read the, the, you know, the Gospels for what they are in a historical setting, the Jews were, were waiting for a Messiah. It's been promised years ago. There are people of covenant, and God had made covenants with them. And one of the covenants is that he would send a, a Messiah to save them. And the way that they translated that was that it would be an earthly kingdom. It would be a political kingdom. It would be a mighty kingdom with an army. And they'd come in, and they'd run the Romans out. And they'd take their temple back, and they'd take their lives back. And they'd be freed from the bondage. You hear the words I'm using? Because, yes, they were freed from their bondage. You know, they were, they did escape the, the slavery of sin, and they were given freedom. But it wasn't on their terms. It wasn't what they expected. In fact, the disciples are kind of fooled all the way up to the end. They're even fooled on, on resurrection morning when Jesus appears to them, and, and, and he comes to them and says, you know, like, hey, what's going on, guys? And, and they're astonished to see him. Everyone that goes to the, to the tomb is, is expecting a dead body. So the, the translation's not, not correct there, but he redefines what kingdom is. And in Revelation, it, it kind of brings it out perfectly. It says, and they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open it, to open its seal, for you were slain at Calvary. You have redeemed us by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And this is what I want you to, to, to come away with, is that so many times we as Christians, we put every ounce of our stock in eternal life. Now, don't mishear me. Eternal life is great. It's a wonderful thing about Calvary, about Easter, is that we are promised eternal life. And when we close our eyes in this world, we'll be at home with Jesus, with our family, and we will be up there forever, okay? Eternal life. But don't mishear me, because sometimes what we do is we just say, okay, I'm saved, and our living does not reflect that we have been saved and that we have been changed, made a new creature by Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is not that you fall back into your sins necessarily, but that you don't have the servant's heart. You're not serving. Uh, you still have the idea that I'm here to take and get mine. At the expense of others, that's the way this world operates. Sometimes you've got to be tougher than somebody. In our our views don't, don't reflect what, what the living is. And, and sometimes we even have this idea that God is a, is a punishing God up there, and he's looking down like a, like a miser, like waiting for us to make a mistake so that he can chastise us, okay? And what, what the Bible is telling us here is that you have to be changed, and you have to do things right, and you have to be driven to serve as the Holy Spirit drives you to serve. But there's also this idea that, you know, you want to be a good person, because that's what makes this world better. And sometimes we come away and we just think, well, I'm, I'm just living, you know, and then I'll get my eternal life. No, we are charged to change the world we're living in today. And we miss so many opportunities of that because we're caught up in making what we can make here and take what we can take. And too many times, like the guy said, I went to church to escape the world. I went to church and sat down and the world was sitting right there beside me. Sometimes we bring the world in with us, and we change the way we preach, we change the way that we believe, we change the way that we live. 
because it is easier and because the pressures are so great. But I'm here to tell you that not only is, are we looking toward eternal life, but we have so many opportunities. We have a mission. We have a mandate to live a life of service and sacrifice now. And that has to happen. And we have to come together as Christian people and as a church family to come together and live that life. And we think about, you know, why isn't the world changing? You know, why is the world changing so negatively? Well, I think sometimes we as Christians have taken a different point of view. We've taken a worldwide view, okay? And we're not doing the, the, the shepherd's work, so to speak, okay? We're, we're doing stuff that, you know, we're too good for that sometimes. Maybe, maybe getting a little too, too uh, um, meddling here, okay? But sometimes we get to where, you know, that's, that's, that's tough work. I don't know if I want to do that or not. And, you know, it's messy. You know, sheep stink. They're nasty animals. They stink. You know what a shepherd smells like? Sheep. Ask yourself this. What do you smell like? Is the evidence of your living on you? Are you out living the Christian life? Or are we just checking boxes here and going through the motions and just waiting for our eternal reward? Because that's not the way that it was set up. Jesus says the kingdom is now at hand. His resurrection brings everything together, heaven and earth together. In fact, in the Revelation, the old heaven and the old earth are going to burn up and they're going to come together in New Jerusalem. Okay, so he brings everything together. So if you're just here living a Christian life so that you can get eternal life, you're missing the point. You're missing half the point. You're missing the living here today. And he wipes out nationality. I mean, we have a whole Old Testament where it's centered on one one nation, the nation of Israel, and how God chose the nation of Israel to bring Jesus Christ into the world to bless all people. And after his resurrection, guess what? All people are blessed. And now there is not, and I know it's hard to imagine this in the world, especially the world that we're living in, where we're still fighting over borders and stuff with arms and, and bombs and tanks, and people are dying and all that stuff. And we are, you know, we got borders and everything, and, and the political chatter is so great. But I'm here to tell you that in heaven, there won't be any borders. There won't be any nationalities. There won't be any race, any of that stuff. You know what there's going to be? The redeemed. That's it. The redeemed. And you know what? We're, we're different than anything else up in heaven. In, the, in Revelation, it talks about how the angels can't sing the songs that we sing. You know why? They're not redeemed. We're redeemed. And we're a special, we have a special place. But we bring too much of all the hatred and all of the stuff that divides us into the living now. And I'm telling you that we're missing the opportunity. But when Jesus Christ arose from the grave, he wiped all that out. There's no more nationality. There's no more you have to be this or that. It's all you believe in me, you accept my sacrifice, and now you are a Christian. And now you are to go out and make disciples and serve. And at the end of your day, you'll spend eternal life with me and all your loved ones. And that's it, living. Living has changed. We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him. And this is a, this is a tough one to get to. This is called, you know, sanctification. This is the, the everyday process. And this isn't getting it all 
tomorrow you're, we're not going to cure it all tomorrow. This is about living it, asking what we're asked to do, asking what God's will in our life is on a daily, weekly basis, always asking what am I supposed to be doing. You know, this is now that we live for Christ and not for us. And then that affects everything that we do. Our serving is different. We don't serve for the glory of us. We serve for the glory of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. He's, he's talking to you, all right? But I'm telling you that our living as Christians has to reflect that we have been changed and made a new creation by Jesus Christ and through his resurrection. We're, we're missing that too much. I mean, I was, I don't know why I turned it on this morning, but I turned it on Twitter, and of course, religion was all over the place, because it is Easter Sunday, and I just listened, and I just read some of the stories, and I was thinking about how, um, how we as men, and I'll throw myself in there, have let people down, and how we have not projected the, the proper Christ sometimes, and people get jaded, on, and it just broke my heart to read that, that people have given up on church, they're giving up on Christ because of something negative that we've experienced. And, and I'm, I'm telling you that we can change our communities through the love of Jesus Christ. In our service, we have to be, service is not the same anymore. It's not a service of us. But it says, surely he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Our chastisement was upon him, and by his stripes, by his beatings, we were healed. And Jesus Christ is the suffering servant. And I just want you to understand this, all right, is that when you take steps into this Christian life and Christian walk, you're going to suffer. It's not going to be all good. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be troubles. But you know what the apostles said? They went and they praised the Lord because they were worthy to receive suffering in the name of Jesus Christ. I, I, sometimes my mind can't comprehend that. But ask yourself, as I'm asking myself this morning, does your living reflect Jesus Christ at such a level that you deserve to be, to receive suffering in his name or are you sliding by because I know sometimes I slide by sometimes I take the path of least resistance because it's easier and there's not as much suffering but I'm, I'm here to tell you that if we do it right there will be suffering but remember this God didn't leave Jesus in the tomb did he brought him out be the same thing for us be the same thing for us if we do it in the right way Death, that song we just sang, death was arrested. Okay, death has a different meaning now. Death was so final before the resurrection. It was so final. And now it has no threat to us. That's why when we go and have funerals for Christians, we call it a celebration of life. Bless you. But I'm telling you that death was redefined. It was redefined because Jesus Christ defeated it. 
and love was redefined. Love never fails. And if I can, and if I can make one final point to you, because sometimes I think uh, we have this idea that there's an angry God out there who needed vengeance and blood so that we could be forgiven of our sins. All right? God loved us so much that when we fail, when we fail to sin, he loved us so much that he wanted to restore us to him. That's what the Bible says. He was restoring the world to himself. And what that means is that he loves us so much that he gave himself completely and totally in an act of love. Not in an act of vengeance, but an act of complete sacrificial love for us. He died for us. And that is available for every one of us. I want you to think about the words that we talked about this morning and how they apply to our living. And I want you to ask yourself, have those words been redefined, not in just your mind, but in your living? Does your living reflect the definitions after the resurrection? Or are they still stalled up in the pre-resurrection definition? Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142, Eldorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church. Thank you.